From the canopies of Endor to the skeezy underbelly of 1313, this is the Star Warriors podcast. On this episode, we'll be discussing the recently announced High Republic. And joining me are some of my favorite scruffy-looking nerf herders. Um, I've got, well, let's just go around. Jake? (laughs) Been waiting for that. Colin? (laughs) Your notorious Babu Freak hater is here. Jesus. And accounted for. Uh, Rocco. <laughs> Insert other alien sound. <laughs> and uh, Ruben. I am here. And uh, I'm your host, Casey, for this episode. So here we are, guys. Um, after a year or so of getting teased, uh, quote unquote, Project Luminous, um, we finally got the reveal, I think, last month. Time time doesn't seem to exist during the virus, so I, I don't exactly know when it <laughs> announced. But it's all uh, an illusion. Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to, you know, because most of us are are reading the books or have read some Star Wars books currently, um, and uh, if you're like me, you just picked up Alphabet Squadron um, today because it was like a dollar ninety nine, and then mm-hmm. whatever free audiobook. Um, so I guess. <laughs> Now we know what it is. Let's just kind of go around real quick and just kind of get some initial thoughts before we dig deep into it. So now we know Project Luminous is a thing and it's the High Republic. Jake, what was your first thought when you when you heard about this reveal? So I was excited. Um, I always tried to play the Knights of the Old Republic game and I played it too late. So the graphics turned me off. But the one thing I'm worried about with the High Republic is I feel like 200 years before Phantom Menace is not far enough back for important events to occur. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, Colin, you're next. I'm kind of in agreement here with Jake that it's, you know, it's a nice time frame, but I don't feel like it's enough backstory with how long we've seen a lot of the same universe uh, technology and so forth, especially since Jake, you mentioned the old Republic that takes place, what, 3000 years before the rise of Skywalker. And we see pretty much Coruscant looks exactly the same. I mean, what new things are we going to learn? And then other than this new enemy for the Jedi, you know, I'm kind of what's we're looking for here. I'm concerned it's going to be more of the same while still trying to make it seem new other than Skywalker. There's my initial thoughts. <laughs> Which we'll we'll dig into a little bit deeper. All right, Rocco, what are your thoughts? Um, really just my take is more on the, the medium they're using to tell this story right now. Um as you guys probably know, um I read some of the Star Wars books. Um I'm just not a big book guy. I'm a comic book guy and I want more movies and I want more television shows. I actually want more TV shows. So when this whole thing was announced I was waiting for, you know, that I was waiting for in an adjunct, you know, next to the book. We're also going to do a show or whatever it is. Um, I guess that's where I looked at it from that aspect. So right now I'm in kind of the I want to know more about the comics mode and uh, I'm excited for that. It's more Star Wars. And, you know, me, I'm I'm taking it. So that's my that was my initial take. Hey, which is absolutely fair. And um that that's the thing about Star Wars is that you can consume it from almost every medium, yes, <laughs> so can. which is yes, nice. You can. So Rocco would would or sorry Rocco Ruben, what did you think? 
Um, I mean, I, I was I was hype about it, man, because <clears throat> as a writer, I was like, this is a really cool concept where you have a group of very talented writers, all who span different sort of novels and comic books and, and different entertainment mediums. And you've brought them together in one room to tell one cohesive story. So I think I, I do love that part of it, because I think that if anything, Star Wars lends itself to that. You can take a time period and you can tell a story A through Z. So I think that them being able to do this is really a jumping off platform. And I think that is why they did it so close to Phantom Menace, because it's new enough or it's backstory enough to where we don't know what they're, where they're going with it, but it's also relatively close to the water of where they've been, I think. So I think that that was probably one of the things that they spoke about um, without, you know, without having to go too far into it right now. I think um, since the acquisition back in, what was it, 2012 or 2013, um, that Disney has really had to step on like a fine line between pushing some boundaries and yet being completely and utterly safe. Like we did talk about the Mandalorian on our last episode. And as much as I love it, it's still a very safe show. Here's a quote unquote Yoda. You know what I mean? Like here's your stormtroopers. Here's your, you know, your dark saber, blah, blah, blah. Like you, you have very familiar things. So um, to your point, Jake and Colin is 200 years enough. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be enough to uh, to really give us something new as opposed to going 3000 years or whatever. But I guess we're, I guess we're going to find out. So Ruben talked about this and, and you said the writers. Um, so let's talk about who's writing these books. And, and that's the other thing I, I do really appreciate since they took over. I know a lot of people were mad about the, the expanded universe being completely uh, I can't say completely taken away. Because right. they do bring in, you know, Thrawn has been introduced. Um, mm-hmm. We just got, what's his name, Valance mm-hmm. just showed up in the comics. So yep. um, those guys who showed up in uh, Solo, I can't remember their name, that buddy duo. So, you know, what I mean, like they've, they've picked and choose like how they want to introduce the EU. But um, I've appreciated it as somebody who didn't go so deep into the EU, something mm-hmm. that is literally it's all connected. So if I read a comic. If I if I see a TV show, if I uh, read this book, I know that it's all in one huge story. So taking on that task, um, first of all, is Claudia Gray. Has anyone read any Claudia Gray stuff for Star Wars? I read Master and Apprentice. Right. And and, I, uh, and she did Ahsoka, didn't she? She did not do Ahsoka. Oh, I thought that was her. No, um, but she did um, Bloodline. She did. She did Bloodline and yeah. she did the other one where she was like um, – it's like Princess of Alderaan, like when yeah. she's a kid. Yeah, um, those books I, are – I love those books. Both I would Princess tell – books. Yeah. Like if it were me, um, if you want to try to read new canon, I would say anything by Claudia Gray has been really good, even though people kind of crap on um, Lost Stars. It's actually one of my favorite new canon books. Like it's this love story between a rebel and an um, imperial that's – Romeo and Juliet. I don't know. I made because I like Shakespeare. Anyways, I loved it. <laughs> She's just a really good Star Wars writer. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my least favorite one out of all her book, like out of the books that I've read of hers. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, but yeah, she's she's a really good writer, and she's got a good beat on Star Wars and what Star Wars is, at least in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think it's hard sometimes. Um, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this and feel free to chime in, but sometimes these writers don't always nail the voices of the characters. And since they're so defined in our memories, you know, like if someone doesn't sound exactly like Billy D. Williams when you read it, you're like, <laughs> like, have you noticed anything like that? So I've been doing the audiobooks for a lot of stuff. And um, one thing I noticed is like when the actor uh, for the audiobook, can't nail like Darth Vader or Chewbacca. It's super noticeable. But yeah. I got to say, for Claudia Gray, um, the Master and Apprentice audiobook was absolutely amazing. It really had me interested in that story. And um, Dooku and Dooku's first apprentice, who they introduced in it, who didn't really obey the Jedi code uh, the same way that most of the Jedi did. Yeah, the audiobooks to me, I actually prefer them to reading. And that's only because they have the music and they have the sound effects. And mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't know, it's like listening to the movie. So I, I find them to be super fun. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we got Claudia Gray, um, who's pretty much their new Timothy Zahn right now. <laughs> uh, well, we've got Danielle Jose Older. Um, he did Solo Last Shot, um, which is actually pretty freaking awesome it's a book that's like told from han solo's perspective in the present which takes place like i think ben is like two and then in the past like 20 years before that with like him and lando and then from lando's perspective as well so it was it was cool because they had the same they had different actors and stuff doing voices and which they don't typically do but uh he did a very good job this is a super fun book um, we've got Charles Soule, uh, countless Marvel books, um, especially the new Marvel stuff. He did the Emperor, had a little run. He did a Lando run. He did uh, the Vader run, which is amazing. And I think he yes, isn't is. he currently on Star Wars right now. Is I'm, yeah. yep. I'm pretty sure he's doing Vader. Yeah. Is the but the Star Wars run, the current one. Is he doing that one too? That escapes me. That's what I thought. I thought he I'm took not sure. over. I'd, I'd have to check. I haven't. I haven't even started reading it because I wanted to binge, and then now everything's canceled. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. really sucks. Uh, really matter. Doesn't really matter. All right, and then we got Kevin Scott, um, who's done other kids' books and YA, YA books, which I'll be quite honest with you, I haven't read those Star Wars books. Has anyone checked those? Out? So I had to look it up. He did the um, audiobook only Dooku Jedi Lost, which also was absolutely amazing. It added how Dooku fell to the dark side, which if you have not read that, I don't want to spoil. But I think it's a really interesting story on how Dooku fell to the dark side. So I think he could bring some interesting aspects into this from what I'm reading, he that that specific book, the Dooku Jedi Lost, that was the first uh, mention of the High Republic too. So it was sort of like the gateway, as I understand, given what was written in there too. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that book was. Um, it was an so usually it's like one person does the voices for these things. This one was like a full out audio drama, so they had different voice actors come in. And honestly, though, all Star Wars books have some music and the sound effects, so for that, it wasn't too crazy. Um, But that book was badass. And exactly like Dooku is like 
when I remember watching the prequels and just going, I don't care about this old guy. I mean, I love Christopher Lee as an actor, but I just, mm-hmm. and it was also at the same time as Lord of the Rings. So I was just kind of like, eh, I don't really, I don't really care about this man, but that book definitely did it. I was like, okay, I get it. And, and, and the clone wars because him and Asajj, like I, I do like that. So yeah. Yeah. But what that book did for creating Dooku as a character, both before he fell and explaining how he fell and him after the fall was just like, okay, Dooku is an amazing character, which during the movies I was kind of like, eh, mm. yeah, he's a character. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I highly recommend it. And it just further illustrates how shitty the Jedi are. Um, and then, <laughs> Finally, Justina Ireland, who's worked on uh, numerous of those Journey to Star Wars books, those bridges in between the two movies. So um, that's our that's our lineup. That's our in addition to, of course, you know, the the Star Wars story group who kind of is behind the scene puppeteers like Pablo Hidalgo and stuff like that. And people saying like, oh, hey, you should maybe make reference to this because maybe it's going to show up in a movie or an encyclopedia or whatever. So um, I know we kind of just touched upon all this, but, you know, what do you guys think about this, this group that's going to take us into the old high new Star Wars, old new Star Wars? (laughs) Uh, anyone could jump in. I, I give it a thumbs up. I think they'll be able, at least from the ones I've read here, be able to establish a very good Star Wars universe in written form. Because um, I, I don't think we'll see this in movie form for a couple of years, at least, or any even Disney Plus, uh, any sort of film form for a while. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Colin, go. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's I'm in the same boat. I, I'm probably the least seasoned when it comes to the the recent iterations of printed materials for Star Wars out of the, the group here. But the whole idea of all these writers who have gone together at Skywalker Ranch and worked together to create this while still keeping their own narrative voices as artists and writers is very intriguing to me and has me very interested to jump into reading star Wars novels again, like I did back when I was in high school and reading the rogue squadrons and so forth. So just all of this, even just looking at their uh, previous works uh, just in general looks awesome and has me all in on it. How about you Rocco? Um, you know, in terms of actual books, like I talked, about earlier i i typically don't read a lot of the books um obviously looking at this lineup i'm excited comics wise but looking back i mean maybe this is where i start reading and like being like into it from that angle you know this would be the best time with this lineup of you know folks this would probably be the best time for me to start reading star wars is, is pretty much how i feel um so if it looks like they, they brought in some heavy hitters and they created a world first and then are, you know, like writing off of that world themselves with their own styles. I think this is a chance for me to, you know, open that up for me to start reading. That's my well, at least listening to it. Yeah. The <laughs> audio books, at least the audio books. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just like, I don't know. I like 
something in my hands. That sounds weird, but um, <laughs> never mind. Rick, you knew it. You knew it was good. Wrong podcast. Yeah, obviously no, but but I'm excited about it from that aspect. This might be something that I'm going to start picking up books and reading, and that's really the long form of what I was trying to say. I mean, Rocco, just go to Audible.com/slash any podcast name for your free month trial and get right. one of the books. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Good call. Yeah, their whole production. I put my boy onto him the other day, and I was just because he was listening to a book, and and I was like, here, let me listen to that, and it was just like, you know, just somebody reading the book, and uh, and I was like, nah, you gotta listen to these Star Wars books, man. Like it's like listening to the movie. It's ridiculous. But um, but in terms of the uh, the 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 team that they put together, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've read any of the new stuff, I mean, it kills me that that uh, Chuck Wendig isn't there. You know, because I, yeah. I I love I loved aftermath series. I love the aftermath series. I thought um, next to Timothy Zahn, I thought he was like the closest to like in terms of from the moment I read from the moment first couple words I read of aftermath, it was Star. It was Star Wars. Like everything felt to me, I could see it, and it was and it was Star Wars and the characters, the way they spoke, uh, the, the 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 ways that he used them. Everything was Star Wars. So I, I feel like we're missing that piece. Um, I'm still not all that clear of what happened with him in terms of what he, why he's not on board anymore. But um, He said something on Twitter or something, and the right side of the media attacked him, and it got him pulled from the book series because Disney was being careful. Oh, okay. Well, Jesus. Yeah. All right. So, well— in that case, we're missing out on a really great voice. But other than that, um, just between Claudia Gray and uh, and Charles Sewell, I mean, they just those two right there. There's there's those are some heavy hitters. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it because I do love all levels of Star Wars. Um, so I you know this is an opportunity to to like Rocco said, is dive in and and immerse yourself in all those levels. Absolutely, and um, I know for. Me and, and I know Ruben and, and some of the other guys like um, you, you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to. I mean, we're doing a podcast about it, so I imagine you guys will dig into something, probably at least the first novel from Charles Soule. But like it doesn't necessarily take anything away from the movies or the TV shows if you don't read this stuff. Um, I just know personally, I'll, I'll give you a really good example as I read the prequel book to Rogue One. And it completely fleshed out who Krennic was as a character, because in the movie, even though I love Ben Mendelsohn as an actor, I was just like, I don't really give a shit about this guy. When I watched no, he's bad, his performance, he's, he's bad guy number one. He's bad guy number one in that movie. But if you read if you read the, the book that comes before it, then he's a totally fleshed out character. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I, when I went into the movie, I was like, OK. I'm glad I read that because otherwise I probably just wouldn't have cared about him as the as this bad guy, personally. How they made a mod in Thrawn was pretty funny, though. If you've read all the Thrawn books, I haven't read them all. I haven't just read the them first all. Two. Is, oh. he, is he mentioned in those books? He is uh, a B character in the third book. That's hilarious. And he gets a lot of screen time along t- with Tarkin. And the banter between those two is great. Tarkin's great. Tarkin's always a good character too to yeah. throw it. 
Um, that book is really good too. Long as hell, but really good. So that's James Lucino, who is a longtime uh, Star Wars writer, which that's his only new canon book. And I hope he comes back. I just finished Plagueis from him a couple months ago. Plagueis is probably one of the best Star Wars books I've ever read, like hands down. As far as like expanding the mythology, you learn it's really the Emperor's book. It's his beginning as this guy's perspective on it. It was absolutely amazing. Such yeah. a good book. Um, it's not canon, but it's a really good book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. So, uh, yeah, we already talked about the publishing side of things, that we're getting children's books, we're getting young adult books, we're getting adult, uh, young adult adults as well, <laughs> comics. Um, you know, how does that feel, like, that they're rolling it out? I know Rocco already talked about it, but I'll go around with the rest of you guys. Um, obviously we're excited about seeing what's going to come from a publishing perspective, but was it a letdown that there isn't a movie announcement or a TV announcement or a cartoon announcement, or was this okay? How they, how they presented it. I mean, honestly speaking, all star Wars is good. Star Wars, any star Wars is good. Star Wars. But the truth of the matter was the truth of the matter is in, in my perspective. I mean, yeah, for sure. A little let down because, I do want to see new stuff, even though we're, we 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 just got Mandalorian. Call me, you know, greedy or whatever. <laughs> but I I just want more. I just want more. But at the same time, I do love reading. I do love reading comics. I do love reading books. So, and this is a really great way to expand this universe without having to deal with the live action problems that you're going to have to deal with the budget, the actors, all of that stuff. So this is a really great way to flesh that out, and um, they can they can do. I'm sure there'll be something about this. I'm sure there'll be a movie based on this or a show based on this. But to approach it this way, I think I think again, the safe bet. It doesn't, you know. I'm, I'm sure it costs to have the writers in the room coming up with stories. But at the end of the day, like that's 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 the long and short of their investment. Their investment is in the writers. So if this if nobody buys the books or this doesn't uh, succeed the way they want it to, well, they can go back to the drawing board, but they spend a bunch of billions on movies and shows and ha- actors. Then that's a bigger, that's a bigger letdown, you know, in my, you know, from my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a safe bet. It, it definitely is again, financially, especially after a lot of the fizzling out of the movies recently. Yeah. So they, they they want to go back to the the source of it, which is the love of Star Wars, and you're not going to see a deeper passion uh, for Star Wars than those who will go out of their way to read the books. When it was announced for me personally, I don't read the books a whole lot. I mean, at least I haven't since I was in high school. So of course I was disappointed. I'm like, I'm a gamer. I'm a I'm a movie <laughs> person. You know, give me give me an announcement that we're going to go to the old Republic. You know, you've already got a defined narrative there that people already love. Revan is, you know, essentially canon at this point, you know, go into a story like that. And then they, they announce it. And then they say, it's going to be books that are crossing different genres of, of writing style. And of course I felt that sinking feeling in my gut. I'm not going to have more movies. I'm not going to have more TV shows. I'm not even getting a video game. And, Ah. but it was, to me thinking, you know, taking that out of it, I love the idea of it. Cause it's going to get me back into reading. Like I said before, 
Plus, it's so many different ways of introducing Star Wars to different people. The young adult novels, I love that. The 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 comic books, that I love that too. You know, I've got nephews and nieces that I would love to introduce to Star Wars in new ways, and this is a perfect way to do it. They get to see new Star Wars stories with characters that they can fall in love with throughout their lifetime, instead of being introduced to something that we already love and have to be brought up on the lore. Mm-hmm. So, um. I'll add in really quick. I think the progression we'll see most likely is books. If the books are successful, we'll get an animated or live action show. If that's successful, we might get a game. Um, I'm thinking something along the lines of, uh, oh man, what was the game we just got? The the Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. And then if those are all successful, we'll get a movie last. I think Disney yeah. is going to be super careful about the movies, especially the way both uh, The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker went public response. They will not take a risk with a movie right now because um, the movies have been getting destroyed yeah. where the TV shows and everything else have actually been getting pretty positive reviews. Yeah. Um, I actually had a question, though, thinking about, you know, what's coming out and it's all like print and one thing that I really want to highlight, you know, is the kids books. There's a lot. There's dads in this room. You know, uh, what is the first thing Star Wars wise you introduced to your kid? Mine was a book. I'd imagine you guys probably were similar. You didn't. They were too young to watch a movie. What'd you do? You read them a Star Wars golden book. I read an Ahsoka mm-hmm. book for bedtime tonight. Nice. I have my daughter and I have done the entire Golden Book series of all of the films, and that's how my daughter knows them. And she she's six and she understands them like, you know, like on a base level. But to to have her, that's Anakin, daddy. Yep. Anakin is Darth Vader, but he's good now. Right. Yeah, honey. This. Wow. I'm impressed. You know, (laughs) it's it's stuff like that uh, that, you know, warms your heart. And to know that a bunch of kids books are also coming out, you know, then we can share that with our kids. You know, that's to me, that's the best. Star Wars is family. So I get to, you know, enjoy this with my kids, you know, just coming from, I guess, from another perspective that I didn't think about till just now. So, (laughs) yeah, no, absolutely. Correct. Um, I mean, yeah, my daughter is all decked out in Star Wars. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I was super excited because of the fact that it's new and because it's not yet connected to the Skywalker saga. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll talk about how there's a couple things that might do that, but overall there are no Skywalkers at that point that we know of. Um, And to see all new characters, that has me super intrigued. Um, Now, as far as that timeline goes, the 200 years before the Phantom Menace, um, it's safe. You know what I mean? It's not so far away that things that happen in it don't directly affect the Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? Like maybe we'll see a long lineage of, of Palpatines or, you know what I mean? Like who knows how, how well, and like to Jake's point, you know, every, the critical response to star Wars lately outside of the Mandalorian has been pretty shit. Really? (laughs) And they have to try to get this fan base back. Is it starting off? you know what Colin said, like, you know, these hardcore fans are reading, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the general audience is not um, reading these books. They don't 
they don't know some of these characters. So um, I think it's kind of a smart way to do it. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if they do go full fully like we just have no idea what's going to happen or if they have to rely on and this is just being devil's advocate like if they have to go and rely on or going back into the well to keep these stories going so i just want to add to that because i kind of had the point about the 200 years not being enough back when i think about it like 200 years ago for us is like 1820 which is forever ago so much has changed but in the star wars universe when you have yoda and Maz, who lived through it, that's why 200 years doesn't feel like enough. But it might also be nice to see this being the peak of the Jedi and this showing how they fell to the point that they were able to be tricked by the Sith just 200 years later. Well, and to that point, too, the Jedi's biggest weakness was victory. Um, you know, that's why they were so pompous and their hubris destroyed them is because they were literally drunk on victory and <laughs> seeing all those victories, which we're probably going to see is going to really set that up, you know, set up that fall. So uh, that's a great point, Jake. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited to see them fall. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, we already did. That, that's called. Yeah, yeah. The we saw trilogy, the fall. Really. We saw <laughs> the trilogy. So uh, to what Rocco was saying is uh, we, we've got newly minted Jedis, right, taking the charge. Um, and we'll talk about some of the characters that get introduced. But what we know is that these are the Jedis at the height of their power. So uh, what does that kind of look like to you? Like, what does that mean to you? Rocco kind of alluded to it, but let's go around and, and see like what is a, a Jedi who there are no Sith, right? Supposedly during this time, and we'll talk about the bad guys, but they are the for lack of a better term, like lawmakers, maybe, you know, the the police, right? Right. Yeah, no, I like the description that they were throwing out there in terms of like that this is like the outer rim you know, and that these guys are more like, you know, marshals um, out in the Wild West. And it seems like there's like a little bit of high fantasy. Wait, and- Chuck Norris of of the Outer Rim? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, no, no. They, yeah, they were the Chuck Norris's of the Outer Rims. I like the uh, Captain Mal Reynolds of the Outer Rim. I personally enjoyed that idea. Those well, guys, they're, they're going to be the best. Walker, Texas Jedi. That's what I'm Walker, saying. Texas Jedi. Exactly. <laughs> what's what's better? I'm pretty sure that's how the pitch went. So. So, yeah, I think that that's I think that that's badass. That's pretty awesome. Um, and to be honest, these Jedi look pretty, pretty dope. Like the just the concept art alone was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, Jake, what did you think? So I'm excited about the Jedi we're going to get to meet. Um It'll be interesting to see if this is like if one of the stories is done from Master Yoda's journal or something like it's Master Yoda telling the story. Um, but I think we're going to get introduced into some new Jedi. I saw that there was a a Wookiee Jedi there. Um, so I'm excited about the good guys. I'm excited about a Viking based bad guy because I love Vikings. But I do got to say, I hope that there is um, some Mandalore lore in there because um, we know <laughs> They're still there. And I was looking it up and it looks like the moon, mun, however you say it, Plagueis's race can live past 100. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we get a hint of the Sith being there, you know, because there's the rule of two still happening. So maybe we get a little bit of what was happening to help bring the Sith to power, the Sith cult that we see in episode nine. There's obviously that cult has been around. So I'm actually more interested into what the bad guys and the more expanded universe outside of the heroes is going to look like. So you want to look at everything that connects to the other movie. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to look at only that, but I mean, it's a huge interconnected universe. Events I, from I, thousands I, yeah. of years ago are still affecting the movies today. So I mean, it's the same. You got to have awesome. your gateway drugs. Come on. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, Colin, what's your thoughts? Uh, I, I'm, I said it earlier that, you know, I feel like it's a little too safe. You know, like you said, your word, um, you know, you said earlier, hey, here's a Yoda. You know, when we were talking about the Mandalorian, you know, this is 200 years before Skywalker and Yoda was what, 900. So he's anywhere between 650 to 700 years old when this takes place. They've thrown all kinds of tidbits, you know, of hints in that announcement video that, Oh yeah, Yoda's here. Did you see the giant poster of Yoda? By the way, did you see the little Yoda toy that was on the table? <laughs> did we mention Yoda? Um, so you know, I, I'd be interested to see that with uh, with him at the peak of his training, not at the you know the the decline of it as a Jedi Master. Maybe he's not even a master yet. Um, but with the idea of it being in the Outer Rim, I want to see more flawed Jedi. I don't want to see the the very pretentious and the yeah. the stoic. Uh, well, who was the description that I was just reading about? Um, I think it's uh, da, 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 um, for Avar Chris, where they said that she's she's not dogmatic. I love that description of her character because it always annoyed me with these Jedi that are so zealous and religious intake on the force and what they they stand by i want to see them be able to be good people and still be human mm-hmm. right that's that's the thing i'm really looking forward to here in this genre where the, the the republic's not so heavily involved in it as we know the republic is throughout the skywalker saga we're getting a bunch of Qui Gon Jins. Uh, it sounds like. Oh yeah, right. great Jedi's everywhere. Well, yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to that hate that term. <laughs> to that point. <laughs> God, I hate that term. No, but I but I understand. It. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Moralistically, they they're not they're not religious zealots. You yeah. know, they know they can bend the rules. So and I, and I like that. And I like that. I I, I Qui Gon is one of my favorite Jedi's. But I but when people are like, oh, he's a great Jedi, I'm just like. I'm just like, come on, man, please stay off the chat, <laughs> chat rooms, stay out of the chat rooms, man. Um, but, uh, was a great source of information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rocco, what did, what did you think? Well, to, to Colin's point about, you know, the different types of Jedi, the non so dogmatic. I mean, I think a huge part of Star Wars is the relationships between the characters and to that point, I'm looking at uh, the dichotomy of their, you know, the, the changing of the guard. You've got these older Jedi that maybe are far more wise, but now you have this new crop of Jedi that are maybe they're very arrogant. Maybe they're very cocky and the relationships that that could forge, the conversations in the books that we could read um, between master and new Padawan, where the new Padawans is like, I'm a fucking Jedi Knight. Look at me. I'm like fucking Jeff Winger on Community, you know, and, and you've got the old the old Jedi yeah. 
who's like for you community fans there. But anyway, then you got the old Jedi that are having that, you know, like we're not here to flash around our lightsabers. We're not here to like, you know, do this to be. I'm looking forward to those types of conversations and the, and the dichotomies because relationships is a huge part of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And one thing to to um to come back on the whole Yoda thing, what I find interesting is that, yeah, we know he's there. We know that this timeline definitely fits Yoda being a part of the Jedi, but he's nowhere. He's nowhere in the marketing, like in terms of the High Republic, or at least I haven't seen him. So as to where we've got a lot of success with baby Yoda, if they're going to if they're going to put Yoda in the middle of this. Um, as a surprise or as a linchpin type of situation, they're playing it pretty close to the chest because, you know, and again, we only got a a handful of descriptions. Um, They didn't give us a description for the Wookiee Jedi and a couple of the other ones, I don't think. I think these were like only just a few. So this is just like the tip of the iceberg on like who these people are, you know. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, one of the big critiques of the new trilogy, and, and just the new movies in general, is that there was really no plan about how things were going to go. And it's clearly represented when you watch the trilogy as a whole that what J.J. started, thank God he actually came back because who knows what that third movie would have looked like that had nothing to do. Like I think about how like Ray got the lightsaber of Luke and how that really wasn't like, how did Maz get it? We'll never know, whatever, you know, just stupid shit like that. So anyway, clearly they didn't have a plan in place. I, I like this a lot that there's a story group that says, and who knows where they're looking for, you know, is it two years out from now? Is it five years? Like, do they have all the stories fleshed out at least, you know, act one, act two, act three, enough to say, like, this is where we want to go. That's actually very exciting to me because that means that they did take the criticism to at least know, okay, let's make a fleshed out world. <laughs> let's yeah. introduce these characters. Let's take our time and not rush into it because we had all this money we have to make back. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, it's an exciting time as far as that. Uh Casey, can I really quickly yeah, yeah. add to that? There better be a storyboard somewhere at a Disney studio that's got at least something mapped out that said, here's the start point, here's some key plot points, here's the end point. You as an author group can do what you want, but this is the arc of the story, not just, hey, have at it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why they created the story group, and I agree. I mean, I we could talk at nauseum how they need a Kevin Feige to be there. And, yeah. you know, now the mm-hmm. dude took over Marvel as a whole, comics, TV, movies, and it's 
it's actually refreshing to know that there's one person whose voice is going to be shepherding all this. And Disney, at this point, as far as we know, because we don't know everything, doesn't have that. So, yeah, it would be nice if, if Dave Filoni just showed up and said, this is where this needs to go. And okay. um, this is where it's going to happen. But right now, for now, I'll you know, let's remain positive until we see otherwise. Um, so but Jake, you had mentioned the bad Vikings. Um, that's our antagonist to the best of our knowledge right now. Um, so you're excited about it. Like they're called the the, the nil, the nil. Yeah, the nil. Uh, Nile or the Nile. Yeah, <laughs> something along those lines. I thought it was related to Darth Nihilus, personally. That's what I thought it was, too. I so, think some of the designs for the characters, if you look at the masks, there's a little bit of that in there. Hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are Sith cultists that exist far in the outer rim, that after 800 years or whatever they're going to establish is the fall of the Sith Empire— these barbarian-esque things are now raiding outer rim planets, like coming in, stealing stuff. They're not Sith. They're not Force users, but they're Sith cultists in that they adopted some of their looks, their belief system, the need for power, um, and then that could play a role in their name too. Which would be cool. Colin, because um, you made a Firefly reference uh, is it like the Ravagers? Like, is that what you thought? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't see anything to that extent. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just lean into that whole Viking idea that, you know, it's, it's someone who's just their brutality is so strong that it can overcome the force. Just maybe they, they're so brutal or they're so isolated that their sheer willpower to overcome a Jedi could be enough to make them a threat. And that's what's scary and terrifying about them. And maybe they're, that would be really great is to have a non force entity to fight against rather than, um, just another Jedi versus Sith. That would be a scary boss battle to have in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Rocco, what did you think? Um, I, I mean, looking at some of the concept art and just a little bit of reading and a little bit of what we know, um, I think it's kind of cool that we've got like to what looks to be again, cause we don't really know, but like you've got the super, you know, we have lightsabers and technology and we're, we're very nicely robed Jedi versus these like barbarians and just kind of like that difference, that stark contrast between the two. We've got like the, the clean cut heroes with the laser swords and then the the dudes, you know, drinking mead maybe or something, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and having all kinds of armor. I think I think that in itself would be is, is going to be very interesting. Just maybe looking at it from that angle. Uh, I can't wait to see that. OK. And, and, yeah. and Ruben, what did you think? Yeah, no, I think it's dope. I think that we're in for a treat because, again, if these are the Jedi at the height of their power, then whatever it is that brings them to their knees, so to speak, um, is going to have to be something powerful. So whatever this event that is happening in the in the universe that brings these guys uh, onto the radar for the Jedi, that's going to be a serious event, I'm sure. And then 
what follows that is going to be pretty badass. So I'm, I'm sure that there's going to, I'm sure they're going to, you know, they're, they're, they've got some tricks up their sleeves. These guys aren't going to be your basic, you know, axe wielding, just flunkies. You know, they're, they're, I think there's, def, <laughs> there's definitely going to be something there. Um, <clears throat> they're definitely not going to be just the Knights of Ren. I don't think so. And in, in, in terms of that, where oh, there's, you know, they just look cool. Um, and again, I think that that they've they're learning from their mistakes. You you can even see it in the comics where they're trying to like just bridge this stuff and and give us more for yeah. the the latest trilogy where they're like we're sorry we're sorry we know we messed up we fucked up we know we know um you know Ben Solo was such a deep tragic character we should have given you more um but no like you didn't and now we've got the comics so <clears throat> it is what it is so I think with this. Like you said, I think it's all all hands on deck in terms of like everybody watching everybody to make sure that the right thing is done. And if that means safe for right now, I think that they're okay with that. I think they want to recoup. I don't know if I want to say expended like expenses because that's really just from the movies, but just the love of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) And there's a there's a lot of us. We're not all the ones who go to the movies, though. It's it's your grandma, you know what I mean, and, and the mm-hmm. little kids and, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, to Rocco's point, Star Wars is family. It, it appeals to all people, and um, hopefully this is the safe route. I'm sure however much money they spent into this project is probably a tenth of the budget they, they spend on, like, CGI for <laughs> one of these movies. Right. Yeah. That's this is like what they're spending on this on this on Project Luminous is what they spent on creating Babu Frick. Ah. <laughs> or so I hate it already. Good. Perhaps. Thank you. So coming in. Every dollar every dollar was worth it. <laughs> oh my god. I would, I would I would pay to have Babu Frick at my house. What are you talking about? What? Android Babu Frick boom. dragging on a death stick, you know, just like high. <laughs> so Joy's memory go black. Okay. For listeners, if only you could see Colin's face right now. He's so disgusted. He's about to hang up. He's yeah. so mad about Babu Frick. No, I'm not gonna give you that satisfaction. That's what you want. <laughs> oh, that's great. So Babu Frick aside, um, the first book that launches this entire thing is coming in uh, August. It's going to be called Light of the Jedi, which is Charles Soule's first book. Um, And as it was previously mentioned, we did get some looks at these new characters. Um, So let's just kind of go through some of them. Um, Well, the ones that we got uh, introduced to. So Colin had talked about Avar Chris, um, who she is one of our Jedi Knights, not quite a master yet. Um, so she is new to it. Um, and a human, which is, uh, I personally, I don't like to see all these humans, but whatever. That's just yeah. me. <laughs> the I galaxy mean, is a big place. I mean, that was our, like to be uh, uh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we've got our Game of Thrones uh, Twi'lek character. Uh, what's his name? Loden Great Storm or something. That's oh, the, I know. You know, that's the first thing that I thought of when I read it. And I, <laughs> I, I, I almost my I almost rolled my eyes. Right. I almost rolled my eyes. But yeah. I caught myself because I was like, it's Star Wars. And I 
and I get what they're doing. Like Skywalker guys. Like, <laughs> like this is a Star Wars. Like like this is this is what they're gonna do. Like in terms of of like bringing in this high fantasy type of element to it. And they needed a, a great storm or a giant Spain or something like that. Um, <laughs> and it and if you look at the Twilight, like just the way that their culture is, it almost makes sense. But to me, I thought it was a little bit of a stretch. I thought they were stretching there. But um, the characters they have introduced are pretty badass. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty hype about them. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Loden is, is a Jedi master. Um, and a Twi'lek. Uh, then we've got another human, Keeb <laughs> Trennis. And we haven't seen them all. Like, we didn't see the Wookiee in this. Uh, she's a Jedi Knight for just a few weeks uh, who's trying to prove herself. And then we've got a human male uh, who is a Jedi Master um, who is going along the same lines as Avar Chris. It looks like they were uh, together through training. And then finally, uh, we've got a new Jedi Knight who is Vanestra or Vern Rowe. Um, she's 16 and one of the youngest knights in the generation. So I know I kind of ran through those, but what? let's start with Jake. Like Any one of these guys stand out to you? Um, you know, who you want to learn about a little bit more. I mean, I, they didn't give us enough description. It was like two sentences on each of them for any of them to really stand right. out. It was really human centric. And I just looked it up. Um, it looks like they have the actual cover to light of the Jedi up. And it's interesting because the cover has two humans, the Wookiee, and I'm not a hundred percent sure what the other race is, but I think it was the race that Jabba's translator was, and I don't think any of these four are characters they've highlighted so far. So no, I think the we're two in get the a... front are. Oh, are they the two? The blonde are? girl. The yeah, those okay. two are Avar, Chris, and then the other guy who's Stellan Gios. Yeah, yeah, Stellan Gios. It's not that I'm uninterested in the five they've introduced. I just don't think we have enough on any of them to be like, oh yeah, I've got a character that I'm super psyched for. I really got to see how they're developed in the books. Mm-hmm. Fair. Colin, I, I, I'm actually I will say that, you know, you're you're you pretty much kind of nail it there, Jake, that it's like, you know, cool. Here's these nice little tidbits about these characters. But it's just kind of like, oh, here are the two characters that grew up together on this. They're very powerful <laughs> and they're clearly going to fall in love with each other because that's how you've hinted at with their characters, especially in Stellan's, um, you know, kind of description he's the you know not the stoic but he's you know he's the jedi master while she's the knight and she's probably the more adventurous of them all so she's a little probably more hot-headed than he is i'm personally more interested in Vern Rowe. Mm -hmm. i love the idea of a young jedi knight who is probably biting off more than she can chew but The way, yeah, the Ahsoka <laughs> thing, but yeah. the the other thing that they, they put a nice description of her character that um, she struggles with the idea of fitting in with her adult night uh, colleagues and, you know, cohorts while also trying to be a good example for the Padawans in the Jedi Order. I, I'm very intrigued with that character. Plus, I play as a Miri Allen in The Old Republic, so... 
that one kind of tugged at my heartstrings personally. So I want to find out about her awesome. character. So, Colin, are you saying we are getting a dyad in the force between those two? I don't think he's a... <laughs> he's, he's he's not like they're going to fall in love. He's not they're very powerful. Uh, no, he's not I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to... But... Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, all right. Rocco, what did, what did you think, Ben? Um, honestly, so we have a whole... We had a whole line of Jedi uh, um, that we were not fully introduced to, but you know, we've seen art for these are the ones we were introduced to this group. It's not all of them. So I want to know about the ones we don't know anything about. That's like, why don't we know anything about them? Um, is there a specific reason? Usually when they do that, they're part of a major plot point or they're part of something much bigger. Um, this was just a little bit of, this was a little chum they threw in the water. So the, the star Wars sharks are just like, you know, and, so people you know, throw a podcast about it. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give them podcast fodder. Exactly. Ah. This is podcast fodder. And we'll talk about <laughs> and, this for 45 and, minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, that's my point. So what I'm trying so – you're catching on. Thank you. But what I'm trying to say is like, fine, tell me about those other people. Like I want to know about why you're not telling me about them now. And that's that's my that was my initial reaction reading the little sheet of each two sentence description about these people. Okay, I'm done. Tell me about the other ones. I got you. I got you, Ruben. I want to know jump more. Out? Um, I mean, right now, really, uh, Keeve Trennis, I think her name is. Let me see here. Yeah, Keeve Trennis, the double, double wielding, double sided lightsaber wielder. Um, and the reason why she stood out to me was because um, the first her first sentence is uh, a newly minted firebrand Jedi. So it's like, what's what's firebrand? Are there different like factions inside the Jedi Order that we never knew about? Like, is it like Avatar, like where they've got the fire and the water and the air and like they've got different elements that maybe these Jedi fall under now um, or did back then? Uh, maybe they had a different class- classification. Um, or is that just a term that I don't know? Because I, I says, think it's just uh, a descriptor of her as a person, firebrand, a person who is passionate about a particular oh. cause, typically oh, okay. that change and taking radical action. Okay, so sorry. I just don't know. Yes. I, so I just don't it's know been referenced term. before, though. I, oh, it has. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, yes. I, had never, I had never heard it before. So, um, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a term on uh, – so it's basically a, a comment on her, uh, on her personality. Well, the reference was to a hilt of lightsaber called a firebrand. That's all the only reference in Star Wars I've ever heard firebrand before. So I don't know how it relates. That was going to be what I'm saying. So I don't know how that what that means. Maybe it means nothing. You know what I mean? It could maybe it's just this is a lightsaber hilt. This is a different type of jet. Like I have no idea. But the only time in Star Wars I know that that term was used was to describe a type of hilt. Okay. That's it. So that's that that to me stood out. Um, but everybody else seemed pretty, pretty mundane to me. I mean, I, I've heard I've heard the the argument before about, you know, humans versus alien and how much more interesting alien Jedi characters are than than humans. Um, so to me, I was kind of a little let down because, again, Fallen Order, we're following a human Skywalker. He's a human. And, and there's so much more to Star Wars than just human characters. So I'm excited about like Rocco. I want to know more about the other characters um, that we don't know anything about just yet. But these sound pretty like I said, they sound badass. But again, a little mundane because they are just human. You know, they are they're, they're like you and me. I like Star Wars to be a little bit, you know, I like to see different types of Jedi do their thing. Yeah, that's that's it. You know what I mean? Um, I I'm excited 
you know, who knows who these people are based off the small description. I will say I agree with Colin. Um, I think Vern Rowe, uh, to me, stood out the most just being so young and like, what does that mean for her? Like, does she get corrupted? You know what I mean? Like, does she get, does she stay with them or does she become like one of the most badass Jedi we've never seen? You know, who knows what path you take? Um, and that always intrigues me. Um, but it is very interesting that it's always humans. It is very kind of strange when you really think about it right now. Well, <laughs> Do you do you We're think as, right yeah. uh, right I, I think and, and that, I know. that goes to it like in the writers' room do you think that that's a topic of discussion like do we oh, make this person a human definitely. or do we make them an alien and and again does that disconnect us as humans to these characters well they're all and, humanoids I mean look at these people anyway I mean, other than right. the Twilight for the most part they look a little different but it's not like uh, I can't remember that one race you know with a curly head the dude. Mm. <laughs> and he like that race has been shown in in Clone Wars. Clone Wars does a good job, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of of showing non humans. But I, yeah, anyway, they've got a bu- yeah bunch of diversity. Yeah, in, they've got a in, bunch of diversity. Even Hera being one of the stars of Rebels was like okay, sweet, you know, yeah. and, and Zev and stuff. So anyway, we'll see how this all shakes out. But um, it will it'll be curious. It'll be curious. Personally, I'm a huge Twilight fan, and just to see more of them, thank you. We didn't even see mm-hmm. one in the in the new trilogy. Like that blows mm-hmm. my mind. I was so angry. Yeah. About that. Yeah. So angry. Glad we got to see him in in uh, Mandalorian. All right. So those are the characters. Um, I th- I want to say Jake mentioned this because I was thinking about questions. Um, and one of them will be: Will we see Yoda? We we've kind of gone over it. Um. But what about Maz Kanata? Because she's Yoda's age, right? She's like 800, 900 years old herself. Yeah. Uh, Jake, what do, what do you think? 75% chance that she has some sort of involvement somewhere in it. Um, we Yoda's get introduced. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, you know, we get introduced to a set of pirates that end up at her castle. Huh? Yeah. S- something. We get, you know. I think they're trying to make her a larger character in the universe as a whole. So I think we get to see her in some way. I like that. Colin. Yeah. I, I'm personally hoping for it just because at least in the last trilogy, she was one of my favorite characters, um, you know, despite how little she was shown in the last two movies, but I guess there was just so much fun with her kind of character and I want to know what her backstory is or even just have little mentions of her. So having those snippets would be awesome to have personally. Yeah, I agree. Rocco. Um, I'm of the mind if they do, they better do her justice. They better do her right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Seriously. It should be a hashtag (laughs) right now. Starting it tonight. Um, no, but uh, I feel like she's one of the wasted characters. In fact, I'm a huge fan of the sequel trilogy, all three of them. But I think if I had one complaint, it would be Maz. And if we're going to see her again, I want her not to be wasted. I don't want her to be a wasted character, you know, um, really flesh her out. Give me story. Give me backstory. I feel like she's one that's crossed paths with a lot of, you know, 
characters, a lot of main characters. And I think almost it would be funny if she remained ancillary, but told stories of those characters. The time Boba Fett came to her castle, the time, you know, Yoda came, that would be awesome from her perspective and also kind of flesh her out as well. Um, To see that in this book series, I mean, that would, I, I'm going to be into it. Maz is there. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just a linchpin for at all. You you just gave Disney Plus an idea. They should do like a Tales from the Crypt type of type of show <laughs> where Maz, you go into like the cantina and Maz is there and she serves you a drink and she tells you a story and that story goes off and you know about a time that Boba Fett was there or whatever. Like you said, that would be a badass way to use her character uh, on on Disney Plus for a streaming show. That would be sick. Um, plus, oh, they yeah. did build that puppet for Rise of Skywalker, so might as well use it. So yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I would love to see her in this. I think I think the more that you uh, and I wish Chris was here because I know Chris is is big on this and he he hates all those superficial connections. You know, like we want real deeper connections. So if we're gonna bring in a character like Maz, have her mean something to the story. Maybe she was part of a crew for the nil. You know, maybe she was a you know maybe she was on one of these ships or or something like that, and she defected, um, and and flesh out her backstory and bring that in because she definitely is a character that I think can be used. Yeah, I, and I think if you're that old, um, who knows what your life is like? You know, like he was a big Highlander fan. Sometimes you're a good guy, sometimes you're not. Right. <laughs> you know, like it just depends on what millennia you're in <laughs> like what right. that looks like even yoda you know what i mean i don't think 200 years i would imagine he's a master at that point mm-hmm. um and i would imagine he's been doing it for quite a long time probably 500 years you know what i mean but like so i don't think we'll see like yoda's origin story i think he'll probably already be there but like maybe the jedi council didn't exist and maybe this is the beginning of that you know what i mean maybe something makes them form the council. Maybe that's a thing that happens, but right. uh, it'd be it'll, interesting. It'll, oh, yeah. It'll sorry. be very curious to see uh, what's going on with that. It'd be so, interesting if the arc as a whole ended with uh, Yoda becoming grandmaster. Mm. But it's badass. Mace Windu who's really the one who runs the Jedi council. Yeah, but it doesn't mean Yoda's not the grandmaster of the council. Yeah. 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 That's true. Mace could be the voice of it while Yoda is sort of the brains of the outfit, you know, the puppet. <laughs> oh, the puppet master is controlling the puppet. <laughs> um, so the other question I had to pose was uh, if, according to Yoda, the Sith have not existed in a thousand years. Did the Sith show up? Are they behind the scenes? They were not mentioned in any of these press releases. So, uh, Jake, what is your thoughts on Sith? I hope. Um, mainly because I am really interested in the untold story of the Sith so far. What were all those cultists? Where did they come from? You know, what have the Sith been doing these years? It's obvious they've been operating just in the shadows. So I really hope we get the Sith in some way even though I do not expect in any way for them to be the big bad, I don't even know if they're the puppet masters, but I hope we get them in some way. Yeah. You know, just make them some sort of like, you know, make them a dark tale in the background that scares the Padawans at night kind of thing, you know, <laughs> something to, that kind of makes them train, have it be, you know, uh, a joke to, to the Jedi 
um, maybe not have him show up for the first several books, you know, have him just be this, this cautionary tale throughout, but it's not anything that is ever a, a looming threat. It's here's the, the Nile or the Nihil or however they're pronounced. Um, here are these guys. These are the, the real and present danger. Let's focus on them. And something crops up like a year and a half from now throughout the, the story arcs. And suddenly it's the Sith slowly emerging. Yep. Yeah. Rocco. Um, I mean, I, I would prefer not, I think the point was already made not to see the Sith as the big bad, but to see the Sith, um, to have them be part of the story. Um, I think that would be, that'd be great. Maybe like you were saying the, the you know, the reformation of the Sith, the, the rule of two, et cetera. But like, I think during this series and maybe this is just me, but, uh, hearkening back to the, you know, old stuff, but how great would it be for two Sith cultists or two unnamed Sith that we don't even know to be like, Hey dude, I got, like, I got an idea. What if we were to like hijack the government? And they're just like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then there's 200 years of planning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, it would take to, a while to do that. To overthrow, <laughs> to overthrow a republic. And now you – like I believe it. 200 years of planning, that shit better go off flawlessly. And it did. So you know that would be – I think that would be kind of cool. Um, but that's just me. I love story. I love lore. And uh, I love those little fucking things. So uh, that's my thoughts. Ruben, real quick. I read that Darth Plagueis book. If you guys just get some time during this, uh, <laughs> this downtime, because they do lay it out exactly. Oh, how they shit. take it down. Like that's, it's not even Palpatine. It's all Darth Plagueis who sets the whole thing up. It's fucking brilliant actually. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. I will be uh, picking that book up now that you've mentioned that, but his, his, I'm not uh, looking for it right now. <laughs> his, um, trainer and i can't remember for the rule too is old and they talk about how old he is so and of course again this book is not canon so legends whatever i'm saying is really bs but if they decide to pair you know cherry pick some things from there that guy could easily be around and that guy got trained by somebody you know what i mean so mm-hmm. even plagueis as a as immune I, I know joke jake's mentioned that um He's like a hundred, so yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. He's not going to be as old as this this book series, but maybe the trainer of him could be in there, um, or his trainer as well. Uh, so, Ruben, sorry, what were you? What do you think about the Sith? No, I, I mean, honestly speaking, uh, you know, Jedi and Sith they go hand in hand. So, not having Sith as the main big bad guys was kind of like a shocker. I thought we were going to be. I thought if anything, we were going to get you know, some canonized Siths coming back here and like, you know, being cherry picked from the EU and, and being the, uh, the thorn to these Jedis. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. Uh, but I do think that there is a precedent for, for the Sith to be mentioned, to be name dropped. Uh, I like the idea of using them as an urban legend, um, since they've been, they've been extinct for so long, something to kind of scare the Padawans with, Um, you know, kind of show them like, this is what you could become, you know, if you fall all the way to the dark side. Um, and I also like the setup of, of taking over the government of, of of overthrowing the Republic, because I just had a friend of mine who I just put on to clone wars 
who it was funny. He that we just had this conversation yesterday. He was like, "How did these guys get duped? Like, how did how did Palpatine confuse them? How did he how did he shroud everything in the darkness and the dark side without them figuring out that he was a Sith Lord?" And the truth of the matter is, is either a Palpatine is really that good, or b there was a long play in play, and you know so. Again, like you said, in Darth Plagueis, they kind of lay that out, and it wasn't even Palpatine. So maybe they can cherry-pick some of that stuff to set up, you know, that that situation. So one thing to kind of add along the lines of the Sith is with these Jedi not being dogmatic, or at least some of them, and potential of the dark side, I would love for one of the Jedi we introduce ending up as one of the lost 20, which are those statues in the library of the yep. 20 Jedi who left the order. I think uh, yeah. that would be absolutely amazing to see one of them be a member of that group. Wow. Now that you say that, and I wasn't even thinking about that, of course. So that's St- Stellan for me, like immediately jumps off the page for me for that. Like just even just a little bit that we know about him, he screams like his description screams like somebody who's going to go, somebody who's going to be done with the with the Jedi Order and just kind of turn his back. Or at least that's the feeling I get from reading his like the moment I read his stuff, I kind of had that feeling. He gave me that impression. So I got one last question, and I know we've kind of been talking about it also through the entire podcast. (laughs) But what do you want to see? in this new new world of Star Wars. Uh, Jake, what do, you, what do you want to see? So I want to see the expansion of the Outer Rim planets. Um, it'd be interesting if at the beginning yeah. of the books, the Outer Rim wasn't part of the Republic, and this was almost a conquest slash bringing them in story of how the Outer Rim joined the Republic, because they always seemed like the Wild Wild West. Even in the movies, uh, they still had slavery and things like that. Um, I want to see expanding of the existing Star Wars lore. I've already mentioned it. I'd like to see Mandalore in it. I'd like to see something about the Sith, the Sith cultist. Um, And I just want really good new characters to be developed and maybe explain how the Jedi got to a point that they could fall 200 years later and disconnected from the force. I'd love to see the Jedi now still know force heal, maybe still be into the prophecies, things that we saw by episode one. They were like, well, we don't force heal anymore. The prophecies are ancient myths that lead you down <laughs> dark paths. Like right. mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see that stuff too. Nice. All right. I'd like to see all that too. Colin. I want to see Jedi with flaws and have that be the norm. I I want to see a Jedi order or whatever this subdivision is to just be, you know what? You're not a dogmatic person. You're not a zealotist loyalist to the force or the light side of the force. And I just want to see how that plays out without this, yeah, you're in love with someone. Therefore, you are an evil person or you you can't be trusted. Be like, are you kidding me? I want to I want to see human attributes in non-human characters just because that, that that allows a lot more freedom to create cultures and um different ideals that can come into this this universe 
Um, I want to see a lot more play. I want to see no more loyalty to Lucas and the, the, you know, the, (laughs) the world he built or the worlds he built. I know he did a great deal of, you know, fiction writing and world building, but I want to see a sandbox on page. That's really what I want to see. Nice. All right. Um, I mean, both what Jake and Colin said, I, w- I want those too. Um, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, who wouldn't, uh, you know, I want to see deep characters. I, I mean, I want to see characters that I fell in love with. Like I fell in love with the original characters, like give me some new characters that I care. I genuinely care about, mm-hmm. you know, but looking at it further, I'm actually looking at the, uh, you know, the medium build up you know first we have everything on paper and then maybe we get a video game or a tv show you know and then lastly we get a movie and i want to see them do it slowly i want to have that time where i really want it remember how long it took for star wars movies to come out guys y'all remember that that was the best that was half of the fun (laughs) that was half of what made it great you know slow play a movie and let this be the beginning of that let this be the beginning of that slow play to something that's just fucking awesome. And Rocco, that's what I'm looking for. Rocco, you want Star Wars to edge you. <laughs> <laughs> I usually pay hookers good money for that. So, yeah, I do. <laughs> well, you pay a lot more into Star Wars. I can get yeah. that. <laughs> we all do. That yeah. I agree with. That I agree with. Spend way more money on Star Wars, for sure. <laughs> Uh, Ruben, what do you want to see? <laughs> um, I want to see it all, man. Like, honestly speaking, like I want to see, I want to, I want to read about new ships. I want to read about new force powers. I want to read about how these all, all these Jedi, you know, kind of, uh, deal with each other and, and how they, how they come together as, as a team, if they do come together as a team, um, or is it going to be just these different little factions that are on these different little missions the way that things have always been? So I'm looking forward to all of that. Um, and and really, I just want to see great storytelling because I think that Star Wars deserves that. I think that if anything, Star Wars has been around long enough and has a loyal enough fan base where it deserves good, solid storytelling uh, through and through. Um, and I think that that's, that's what we're on the verge of. Yeah. A hundred, hundred percent from everything that you guys have said. Um, now that I'm thinking about it more, I, I do think we're going to see the start of the Jedi, uh, temple or the council. I think what Colin said, as far as these people who are probably like the wild West cowboys and that finally they go, we can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like this dude's off, you know, like getting married, this person fell to the dark side, this person, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think this is probably going to be the beginning of that council where they, they decide. And it's also the beginning of their downfall as a result of this, because Mm -hmm. these people all were allowed to go and do whatever they want, just like the wild West. And finally Yoda and a bunch of other ones were like, no, you can't, you can't do it. And we need to be better. And we need to like, you know what I mean? Like stick to this code and this is the way it's going to be. And of course we all know how that works for them, but that's, that's not even what I want. It's just from what we've all been talking about, excuse me, during this episode, I think that's what we're going to see. Um, I don't know. That's my thought. 
No, definitely. I, I, I feel like, if anything, this is definitely going to set something up like that because, again, where, what else are you trying to do in terms of besides world build, like, like, like Colin was saying? Like, you want to see this whole sandbox fleshed out. So if we know that these Jedi fall and we know that their hubris and all of that caused this, this, this new empire and then the First Order and then the Final Order to rise, well, then what came before that? So I think that that's going to definitely be the story that they tell um, and how it goes. Uh, that's that's up to them, you know, and, and how they choose to feed it to us in terms of medium and like how that goes. Because, again, a lot of this stuff, you guys were mentioning golden books. I can't imagine the golden books telling real serious, serious stories. They would tell a part of the of well, story. Yeah, they don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So so so, again, not everything is going to be, you know, this deep you know, enriched sort of experience, more of the stuff is, but they do say everything is connected. So maybe, maybe there are going to be these little tidbits inside these golden books that do tell something that that's important to one of the YA books or one of the comic book series. So it's going to be interesting to see how they break it all down and how it all connects. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to see dinosaurs that was written on one of the whiteboards. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Okay, that'd be sweet. Someone rode a dinosaur and like jumped off its head and like chopped off someone else's head. I don't space ra- space raptors. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> all right, so I want to thank everybody who came on the podcast today. Um, we'll go around if you have something to pimp, pimp it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, give a little parting thought and and uh exit jake you start so i am excited for this um i'm probably gonna get the first book on audible with one of my credits from my year um when it comes to pimping something i am considering restarting my podcast with a new name it's going to be called the campfire chats now instead of the mental Fogcast. so look out for that because i need something to do during covid19 Yeah, <laughs> Colin. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in the same boat as Jake. I, I'm looking forward to this. The, the whole the concept of the High Republic. Um, it, it seems a little, you know, hesitant in terms of the years between it and Skywalker. But having new characters will be something fun to jump into that has nothing that we have already tied to. In terms of uh, anything to pimp other than my beautiful face, I have nothing. Um, <laughs> so you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> just uh, everybody uh, stay away from each other for the next several weeks, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rocco. Um, you can always find me on the Critical Mass podcast. You know, uh, we're the real reason why we're under quarantine because that's how <laughs> filthy, filthy we are. Um, it's just a show that no one should listen to because it's awful. Um, but fi- you can find me there. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were the reason we were all under quarantine. <laughs> it's it's <just> so dirty. <laughs> all right. So, uh, in terms of everything, I'm, I'm, I'm super hype. I mean, it's star Wars and then this is what we do. This is why we're on this podcast because we love star Wars and we get hype about it. So definitely looking forward to it. And, uh, in terms of pimping, not really much pimping right now. Uh, but I am a writer. You can find me at Ruben Romero, the writer on Facebook. And, uh, uh I do comic books and stuff. So yeah, check me out. 
Yes, you do. (laughs) So thank you guys all for uh, being here. I am also very excited to see what's going to come next. And uh, thanks for listening. Check us out on social media. Don't forget to tell and don't forget to tell.com. And that's it. Okay. Bye. Bye.